Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. Someone wrote in and said that uh, his wife had been underpaid state pension. It all snowballed from there, really. So I discovered all sorts of rules I'd never heard about. And then we discovered lots of government errors, which probably going to cost government a billion pounds or more to put right. The DWP told which that married women whose husbands reached state pension age after them, but before 17th of March 2008, are required by law to make a separate claim. But many women were unaware that they needed to do this. We did not know to claim. There was nothing, no letter sent to me telling me that I needed to claim This week, I'll be handing over to witch journalist Kim Carver for a special episode on the state pension scandal that has left thousands of women shortchanged and due an estimated £1 billion in refunds. Kim will be taking you through everything you need to know, what caused this shortfall in payments, how to know if you're eligible and whether you'll get your money back, and crucially, if you need to take action to get your refund. We are witch. Now, when I first heard this story, my initial thought was whether my grandma might have been affected as well as my partners. And no doubt you'll too be questioning whether someone you love might have been underpaid. So please do share this news along with all of the advice that's packed into this episode. I'll be back to touch base with Kim after her piece and will also be joined by money experts Gareth Shaw to talk about how to boost your state pension payments. And now without further ado, over to Kim. It sounds like something a scammer would say to con you, but it's true. Hundreds of thousands of married, widowed and divorced women have not been receiving the state pension they're entitled to from the government. Some could be owed tens of thousands of pounds. The issue was first raised in May last year by Steve Webb, a former pensions minister, now partner at consultancy Lane Clark and Peacock. With the firm, he found that a combination of complex rules around women's entitlement under the old state pension system and computer errors made by the Department for Work and Pensions caused women to miss out on their state pension. For many, this is the core of their pensioner income. LCP has heard from thousands of women and sometimes their husbands and children over this issue too. And it's identified numerous groups of women who could be missing out. Steve didn't expect the scandal to escalate as much as it has. I write a regular weekly column for the This Is Money website and we get letters in from readers. And someone wrote in and said that uh, his wife had been underpaid state pension. Uh, and when they'd applied for the full rate of state pension, which is the, what's called the married woman's rate, they were told that she could have it, but she could only have it backdated for a year. 
uh, and I was surprised to learn this and made some investigations and uh, it all snowballed from there really. So I discovered all sorts of rules I'd never heard about and then we discovered lots of government errors which probably going to cost government a billion pounds or more to put right. This is very much something that snowballed. Uh, I had no idea of the scale of the problem. Well, over the last year or so, I've spoken to or emailed thousands of, of women and or sometimes their husbands or their children. Uh, and, you know, we, we totted up the amounts people had got. And when we got past the million pound mark, we kind of stopped counting. So, you know, even just people I could name, we, we've helped get a million pounds or more. The issue of missing state pension benefits affects women who are married and reach state pension age before April 2016, who can claim the basic state pension. These women are entitled to 60% of the basic state pension their husband gets at state pension age. Under this system, each member of a couple could build up a pension in their own right. So each member of a married couple could earn a full state pension. However, Many women had gaps in their national insurance record or had paid the specially reduced married women's stamp and so reached pension age with very limited pension entitlement of their own. The women affected will have been born before 6th of April 1953 and are most likely to be widows, married or divorced women and those aged over 80. If you're a widow, you could also substitute your late husband's national insurance record for your own, so qualifying for 100% of the basic state pension if your late husband had a full record of contributions. If you were divorced when you reached state pension age, you could substitute your ex-husband's national insurance record for your own up to the point of your legal split. If the divorce occurred relatively late in life, this could enable you to qualify for a full basic state pension. So who is the government paying back? There are three groups of women where the government has admitted it's done wrong and is paying back automatically. The first group would be women whose husbands turned 65 on or after 17th of March 2008 and who are being paid less than 60% of their husband's basic state pension. From this date, the uplift to 60% should have happened automatically while before this date, a married woman had to make a second claim to have her state pension increased when her husband turned 65. The second group are widows whose state pension were not reassessed when their husband died. And the third group are women who are over 80 and aren't being paid at least the basic state pension rate for women over this age, which is £80.45 per week. The DWP's latest estimate is that it will cost just over £1 billion to refund 132,000 women, which it's hoping to do by the end of 2023. Pensions Minister Guy Opperman has confirmed that the department is taking on an additional 360 members of staff, in addition to the 150 people already working on this issue, and it's planning to recruit hundreds more. This is welcome news, of course, but it doesn't mean issues won't arise in the process. My only worry is it's technical, complicated stuff and there will be errors, you know. So if they train people from scratch, get them to do this work for the first time, they'll need a lot of quality control because we've found cases where people have, people have got, you know, they're still getting things wrong today. From what you've heard so far, it all seems like good news for the women affected, who I'm sure will be delighted to hear that they're getting years worth of backdated payments. But there's another group of women who aren't as fortunate. 
and they're only able to get one year's worth of payments back. So the biggest group of women who would only get a year's backdating are married women who claim their own pension when they turn 60. And then when their husband turns 65, and this was before the 17th of March 2008, that's a crucial cutoff point. So the woman claims her pension first. He then claims his pension before the 17th of March 2008. She needed to claim again to get an uplift. So many married women who retired on their own pension got little or nothing back in the day. And therefore, when the husband turned 65 and, and subsequently claimed his pension, they could get a married woman's pension based on his national insurance, and that's 60% of the full rate. So in today's money, that would be £82.45 a week. If women didn't make that second claim at the time, they can still do so now, but the government says, well, you know, that's your problem that you didn't claim, so we'll only give you a year's back dating. So that's, that's the largest group. The DWP told which that married women whose husbands reached state pension age after them, but before 17th of March 2008, are required by law to make a separate claim. And application forms were provided four months before they reached state pension age. But many women were unaware that they needed to do this. In fact, we spoke to one pensioner who said she never received correspondence from DWP at all. Janice Tiernan, an 80-year-old pensioner from Thornton, a village in Fife, Scotland, retired from her family business Decorland at age 73. Janice found out that she could be eligible for backdated payments two years ago. She discovered she could have received £30 a week in extra state pension payments if she'd known she was eligible to do so, as her husband, Roy, turned 65 in June 2006. Janice phoned the DWP to see if she was eligible for backdated payments, but she was told that she wasn't. So she wrote the department a letter and before a response was given, she'd discovered that they'd put £1,260 into her account. A few days later, the letter came saying that the DWP had paid her a year's worth of backdated pensions. Well, I'd sent letters and said I didn't understand why I was getting the £1,260 when it should be probably thousands of pounds at £30 a week, as my husband was 65 in June 2008. Janice was then given a further £600 lump sum from the DWP to make up her one year's worth of backdated payments, but she feels she's entitled to all of her missing state pension. We did not know to claim. There was nothing, no letter sent to me telling me that I needed to claim to get another £30 a week. And I had a friend at the time who's, who's died now, and she was the same as me. And when we were sitting, we often talked about it with our other two friends who had paid the big stamp. Now, neither of the two of us ever got a letter saying we only found out about it. Well, I only found out about it two years ago when Lewis was talking on television about it. The... the malfunction in that office at that time was ridiculous. They definitely, there's too many people never got the letter. Janice is a year and a month older than her husband. So she was already receiving her state pension for a year and a month before him. They knew I was getting a pension. Why did Roy need to tell them? Janice received another letter from the DWP, which said... I appreciate that Mrs Tiernan has stated that she did not receive a claim form at the time her husband attained state pension age. 
However, it may be helpful if I explained that an invitation to claim state pension is a helpful service provided by the department and is not a mandatory requirement. Janice says there have been 78 pages of back-and-forth correspondence with DWP over two years, in which she's been fighting to get the full backdated state pension she feels she's owed. All my correspondence back and forward, I think they've got fed up with me and they've put it to a tribunal in Glasgow. The DWP says that it will go ahead with the tribunal, will look at everything discussed so far and make a decision on Janice's case. But what's the likelihood her case will be successful? The DWP has been clear that the rules for the 12-month backdating is a long-standing element of social security law and there are no plans to change this position. But Steve Webb says that there could be a loophole. Essentially, there are a number of avenues we're pursuing. The main one is getting women to complain ultimately to the parliamentary ombudsman who looks into what's called maladministration, basically government departments not doing their job properly, not telling people what they needed to do. So we're pursuing claims. You have to complain first to the department, then to the ombudsman. But I'm also involved in tribunal cases where we're challenging whether the law has been applied correctly. And we're also exploring options with solicitors about other forms of action. So we're definitely not taking this lying down. If you or someone you know may be affected, it's well worth taking action. Steve Webb explains how. I think the biggest single thing I would encourage people to do is to look at the state pension they are getting and make sure they know why they're getting what they're getting. And if they're not convinced, if they don't understand, then to ask the question, write a letter and persevere. Because, you know, I've had cases, a lady contacted me, she was widowed, she was on about £80 a week. I said, that looks a bit low. Get them to check it. They wrote back and said, oh, no, it's fine, madam. She showed it to me and I said, I'm sure it isn't. We got them to look at it again. And they said, oh, no, we made a mistake. You should be getting double and here's £30,000 of back pension. So, you know, not making sure you understand what you're getting. And I think the other thing is there are people over pension age who've never claimed because they think they're not entitled. I, I had a divorced lady who I've just helped get over £60,000 in back pension. She just never claimed because she thought she wasn't entitled. There's still a lot of uncertainty around whether this group of women will get the justice they feel they deserve. Clearly, this story is far from over. We are wit. Thank you so much to Kim and Steve Webb for sharing this for today's show. And I'm joined by Kim now. Kim, I find this a difficult story to hear because it's underpinned by such a huge sense of injustice, isn't it? Not only might you have missed out on potentially thousands of pounds, you might not automatically get this repaid. And that's the clincher for me. So if you think you or someone you know might fall into this category, what should you do? Is there a way of checking? And what's the best way to contact the Department for Work and Pensions? Yeah, so there actually is a way to check. LCP has created a calculator that can tell you if you could be eligible. Um, You can find this on their website at pensionunderpaid.lcp.uk.com. You'll need to enter some details about you and your husband or husband at the time. And that includes when you were born, whether your husband is over state pension age, how much state pension you're currently receiving and how much your husband or ex-husband receives. Um, You'll then be given an indication of whether you're receiving less than you're entitled to. LCP says all of this data is given anonymously and it doesn't store any of the personal data you put in. However, if you have concerns or questions about your state pension, you should really be contacting the government's pension service. 
Yes, and if you do have any doubts, then do contact the pension service and you can reach them on 0800 731 0469. Um, And now, Kim, I just wanted to touch on a point from the lady you spoke to, Janice, where she says her friend, who has sadly now passed, was in the same situation as her. Now, we don't know the exact details of her friend's circumstances, so we can't comment on it specifically, but it does raise a crucial point around what happens to your entitlement if you are owed a refund after you've died because in this instance could your partner or children or heir be owed your refund and depending on whether it would have been paid automatically or you'd have had to put in a claim how would you actually go about getting the money you're owed? That's a very good question and I think this part is a little bit trickier to answer as it will vary case by case Um, but my understanding is that normally DWP would uh, look for a surviving spouse And that's who would have got any inherited state pension. And then failing that, they would check for someone on their records with power of attorney and presumably try to pay any sums due into estates. Um, Now, Steve Webb told me LCP has had a few cases where surviving adult children have received large lump sums, but it could get messy if there were competing claims. I would suspect that the DWP will have to come up with a set of rules for this, but I don't think this will be easy. If you have to put in a claim yourself, I'd suggest using LCP's calculator in the same way we spoke about above and contacting the DWP. Thanks, Kim. And to finish today, I'm also joined by podcast regular Gareth Shaw to give some more general state pension tips. And just before we hear those, if you haven't already heard our episode on how much you need to save for retirement, which we posted in June, do go back and have a listen. And we covered different types of pensions and the important role that the state pension has to boost your overall income. So Gareth, what can you do to make sure you get that all important state pension income when you retire? It's really important, Lucia, to understand the building blocks of the state pension. Your state pension is uh, built up by um, making national insurance contributions throughout your life. Now, you can do that through working and paying national insurance. But even if you're out of work, that doesn't mean you're not building up entitlement to the state pension. If, for example, you are um, on maternity leave, uh, you still get national insurance credits. If you're a carer, you get national insurance credits. So time out of work doesn't necessarily mean you won't get state pension. But there's some critical numbers to remember. To get any kind of state pension at all when you retire, you need a minimum of 10 years worth of national insurance contributions. And in order to get the maximum state pension, you need 35 years worth of national insurance contributions. So they're really, really critical numbers to remember. And there are things you can do if you're short of those years. And this is the first real tip about boosting your state pension. So If you haven't got enough to meet the minimum or indeed you want to get up to the maximum, you can actually top up your national insurance contributions. You can buy voluntary national insurance contributions. They're often called class three national insurance contributions. Um, And that will help you build up your entitlement um, to the state pension. Now, you can't do that forever and ever and ever. So if you missed one 30 years ago, you won't be able to um, to buy that one back. Uh, but um, you can fill gaps in your national insurance record from up to six years 
um, previously. Now, depending on your age, you might be able to fill back further than that. Uh, we've got loads of information on our website um, uh, about this. And the cost is about £15.30 per week. So you'll be able to buy a week's worth of national insurance contributions. If you're missing a whole year, you buy 52 weeks worth. If you're just missing you know, half a year, you'd buy 26 weeks worth and so on. It's really important you check your state pension um, statement that's available on gov.uk because that will tell you just exactly how many national insurance contributions uh, you have, whether you've got any gaps, and will give you pointers on how you can fill those gaps. So that is tip number one. The second tip is um, around deferral. So this is delaying when you collect the state pension and the government will effectively pay you interest on your state pension uh, for every year that you um, defer it. So uh, at the moment, if you're, if you're due to qualify for the state pension uh, from this year onwards, you get a deferral rate of 1% for every nine weeks you defer. So that's the equivalent of about 5.8% per year. That increase is applied to your state pension. You need to defer for at least nine weeks to qualify for an uplift. In the end, you'll see that the weekly amount that you get actually grows. I would say the, the starting point for you is to check your state pension. Go to gov.uk, check your state pension You'll need to register for a government gateway account. You can look at exactly how much you're due to get, when you're due to get it, whether you've got any gaps, whether you've had any deductions because you might have been contracted out of the second state pension. There's a bit of jargon, but all of that information will be there on the government's website. And that can be your starting point to see whether or not you should be taking action to boost your state pension. Thanks again to Kim and Gareth for that final piece of advice there. And thank you for listening to today's show. We'd also really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. It really helps others find the podcast and we love to hear your feedback. So do let us know if you've got any comments or questions on any of the topics we've covered. And of course, you can also find us on social media at Which Money. And for more money news and advice, head to witch.co.uk forward slash money. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was produced by Kim Carver, recorded and edited by Rob Lilly, with additional support from Ian Aikman.